world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Mmm, leftover stuffing. <laughs> leftover stuffing is good. Mmm. Why do I like to put one piece of turkey, half yeah. a pound of stuffing, right. half a pound of mashed potatoes, and gravy on a Italian roll and eat that? Why is no that? cranberry sauce? No, no, no. I like cranberry sauce on the side. Oh. Why is it that I like that? I don't know. It's because it sounds pretty good. Are we having that now? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, you know, I have no leftovers or anything. I always talk about paying it forward and giving back. And uh, so every year I uh, I deliver food for uh, God of Love in uh, New York City. So Tracy and I went this year, and we drove into uh, Manhattan, Amsterdam Ave, and 99th, St. Michael's Episcopalian Church. Mm-hmm. And full of volunteers there. We got there 8.30 in the morning. Zero traffic in that part of the city, right? Yeah, right. right yeah. So they have this huge conga line set up. They have all restaurants in the city, volunteer time services and product. And uh, they have all these locations where you, you volunteer to deliver. And uh, so we got there about 8.30. We're supposed to get there at 9.30. I didn't know there was going to be no, zero traffic, right? And there's a slew of volunteers with a conga line, and they have all the food prepared in containers, and they all go in these totes, insulated totes, that were donated as well. Wow. So we were first in line. So we had a a bunch of stops that we had to do. And uh, so you go down the line, and you you show them the cards, and they're like, all right, this one gets two, 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 one, three, three, depending on the size of the families or whatever. And this isn't only for... For underprivileged people, this is also for shut-ins. This is also for elderly people. Oh, you nice, know, it's it's nice. it's a mix. Yeah. And um, so we pick up all of our stuff. We load the the Range Rover up, and uh, we're driving around. And some of them are like call first because the person needs a while to get to the front door. Some are in doorman buildings. Some people live in you know public housing or whatever. And our last four stops were uh, right near. Um, right near Central Park West and Columbus Circle, and some some shit was going on uh, with these big balloons and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah what, what strings a, and yeah, what, yeah, puppets so, and crap. Yeah. So, like, our last four stops, we couldn't drive to because because of our cultural enrichment. All the streets are blocked off with garbage trucks to prevent terrorists from barreling through people, <laughs> right? So, but... <laughs> But it helps with our rich, diverse immigrant community. It's very true, so, yeah. so this is this is just it's you know just, this yeah. is just a, a small in, part of living in inconvenience. New York. Yeah. <laughs> so I I actually found a place to park near Columbus Circle, and I said to Tracy, "All right, there's a couple of close ones, a couple of far ones. You stay in a car. I'll deliver this one. I'll stay in a car. You deliver that one. So we got to walk four or five blocks or whatever." And uh, so she's calling the people up on her phone, and I have the directions. And my last stop was right on uh, 69th and Central Park West. Mm-hmm. 
So I walked up Broadway across Columbus, and I'm walking down 69th, and of course I'm getting to the parade, and I have to make a left turn. It's the first building in, and I can't walk down the sidewalk because there's 50 bajillion people right. watching those balloons go by, yeah, right? right, right. I, I'm squeezing my way through. So you want to talk about fulfilling I get to the building, the door, I tell the doorman I have to go to 4-H, Mr. Bob, whatever his last name is, and he calls up and says, all right, you can go upstairs. So I go up the elevator, and uh, I knock on his door, and he opens the door. He's a little bit of a hoarder. Oh, my God, my OCD freaked <laughs> out. And this elderly gentleman comes up, and he goes, where's Tracy? I said, oh, she's waiting in the car, sir, because, you know, because of the parade, we, we couldn't get through. He goes, oh, I really wanted to meet her. And right to the left of the door on a framed picture, he has a picture of his wife, and it's Tracy, spelled the same way, T-R-A-C-E-Y. And he goes, we were married 43 years, and she passed away three months ago, and this is my first Thanksgiving without her. And he starts crying. Yeah. So, of course, my sinuses started to bother me, my pollen and everything. And he's telling me that when he got the phone call that this is Tracy from God of Love, what your food delivery, he's he's like, he hadn't heard anybody say her name since she passed, you know. And uh, he gave me a little gift for her, a little uh, cross and a a handwritten card to give to Tracy. And he was, you know, disappointed he didn't get to meet her. And, you know, when I went back to the car, I told Tracy this. I said, how weird. Is that yeah. you know you, you know what I yeah, mean? But right, right. but how fulfilling it is to to you know he definitely couldn't get out. He yeah. you could see by the way he was walking and stuff. Probably has food delivered, you know, groceries or whatever. But uh, so that made it all uh, fulfilling to me on top of everything else. And then we go back to St. Michael's and they have a they have buffet laid out for all the volunteers and it's all the top restaurants that cook. And there was I don't know about three hundred chafing dishes. <laughs> And it was, they had turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, and yams, but then they had a lot of other stuff, like uh, turkey dinner popover, t- Sandy. How cool is it that? It was a popover that had turkey stuffing, potato, and like it, it, fresh cranberries on the top of it. I'm like, that's this like, is like, I could cool. drive and eat this. Yeah, was, you, yeah, you, you, know, you know what I mean? So, And they had little placards from the different restaurants. So, you know, we took pictures of a few of them because I'd like to frequent those restaurants because yeah, a lot of them are closed them. Thanksgiving and they right. do this. They yeah. probably get there two in the morning to start right, cooking to just, the turkeys, sure. right? Yeah, right? So uh, what this does is, A, I walked about 27 miles <laughs> on yeah, Thanksgiving. Right. B, I ate one small meal. C, I had no leftovers. Yeah. And D, it's nice to give back. Yeah. You know, and pay. Rather, you know, normally in, in my youth, I'd sit home and, you know, you start, the carnage starts about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. You know, and you eat till 11 o'clock at night and you feel bloated and fat and, you know, disgusting. So this is really cool. We're going to do it again Christmas morning uh, as well. They do and, Christmas dinner too. Yeah. And, and I asked for the same area. Because yeah. I would like, because the walking was cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a great area. I know the neighborhood very well. It's beautiful area. Yeah. I mean, really, really nice area. But, you know, it's funny. I was walking back 68th Street, and there was dead crushed rats in the street, you know? So you just, <laughs> yeah, you right. never kind of yeah. get away from that um, that city thing. But uh, I'll tell you, it, it was really cool. And that was cool that, you know, Tracy and, you know, everything put together that way. And then there was no traffic leaving the city. The parade was still going on or, or whatever. We, we shot back out of the city, and then we stopped at a friend's house to just hang out. And they had leftovers and stuff. I didn't eat anything. I actually have a confession to make. This is the first Thanksgiving in my 58 years. I did not eat one dessert product. Wow. So 
about 11.30 last night, we're leaving Hackensack, heading back to Woodland Park. And I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm going to stop at the bakery and get something. And she's like, it's 11.30 at night, Thanksgiving <laughs> Day. What bakery is open? I'm like, humans. <laughs> so for a lot of you who don't know it, we have a huge... Um, Middle Eastern population in Patterson and Passaic and, yeah. and stuff. A lot of Syrian and Lebanese and Turkish and stuff as well. And there's a bakery called Taskin. T-A-S-K-I-N. K-I-N, yeah. Sandy's writing it down. Uh, no, and I, it's on Hazel Street dude. in Patterson across from... <laughs> My car automatically goes. <laughs> it's across from Toro <laughs> Restaurant. They are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. They're a commercial bakery. and in But the, they have that nice little area in the front. You right? haven't been there. No, they blew the whole been. thing out. Now it looks like a Starbucks. Oh yeah, with the they have a retail counter with right. all prepared foods, sandwiches, and yeah. all Middle Eastern delicacies. One of my favorites is called Simit. It's a round. Uh, it looks like a big yeah, bagel, yeah, and it's like covered a, in sesame seeds. It's almost like a street pretzel just made with a. Yeah. yeah that's nice. So we got there. She was amazed. It was midnight. <laughs> Not only were they open, there was, was the four, hot dog place across the street. The hot dog or? place across the street. Yeah. They weren't open. They weren't open. There was four people working retail, and there was about twenty people in there having coffee and yeah. little delicacies and stuff like that. So everything is labeled now. The old Taskins, nothing was labeled. You say, "Let me have this, that, and that." You didn't know what was sweet or what was right. savory. Yeah, yeah. When you got home and took a bite, you're like, "Oh, this one's lamb. Oh, this one's cheese." Like you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. And right. And, and, the, and there was a communication problem. Now everything's labeled. So we grabbed some delicacies, and of course I ate. So I ate some carbs late at night. So that's my only thing. Oh but shit! Now I'm gonna have to stop. And get the <coughs> they have cement, by, by yeah. far the best pita bread. Oh, absolutely. They spell it P I D E. Uh, when you go to upscale restaurants in the New York metropolitan area, it's Taskin's uh, baked yeah. goods that you're yeah. eating. By the way, absolutely, because yeah. they're open twenty four seven. So anyway, that was my Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? It was okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy, that's that sounds good. Uh, we have a good. Christmas present for everybody, all of our listeners, because Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court... That's going to be good. ...will be hearing the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case against New York City. Now, New York City, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to try to argue... Excuse me. <coughs> they're going to try to argue uh, the Supreme Court to moot the case because they've changed the administrative code and they've allowed people to leave the five barrels now with their guns. And New York State Rifle and the NRA lawyers and Dan Schmutter are going to argue that this law needs to be addressed because if they moot the case, New York can change the administrative code a week from now. Sure. And it will take six years and countless millions of dollars like the current case has taken. This case is monumental because we don't know if it's going to be a broad decision or a very narrow decision. Uh, most legal scholars feel it's going to be a very, very broad decision because they're holding five concealed carry cases right now from five different – from four different federal district courts. And uh, we have the Gould case from Mass. We have the Rogers case from New Jersey, the NRA case. We have the Cheeseman case from New Jersey and two other cases. And there's two more cases making their way there are – 
10-round Magban case is slowly making its way to Supremes. Now we're going to Schmutter, Knappen, Bach, they're writing another brief to go back to the full Ninth Circuit, which has a two-judge majority for our 10-round Mag case. The California Mag case is being fast-tracked as we speak right now. So there's a lot going on, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah. next week, Dan Schmutter will be on the show to talk about the Supreme Court case. Worst-case scenario, he tells us that the Supreme Court moot, mooted the case. Best case scenario is they – it sounds really positive. We'll find out in May or June of next year. And uh, this will also decide what the Supreme Court is doing with all of these carry cases that are languishing. Mm-hmm. So this is big, everybody. So if you're not a member of the NRA, you're not a member of ANJRPC, if you're not a member of your state NRA affiliate, whether, whether it's uh, the New York State Rifle and Pistol, uh, wh- whatever it is in Pennsylvania, you should be a member. In New Jersey, you should be a member of CNJFO. And you should also donate to the Cheeseman case, which is GoFundMe.com forward restore dash carry dash NJ. Uh, all of this is going on right now. And uh, again, the holidays are coming. You know, you could take $100 and you could join the NRA, ANGRPC, and CNJFO. Then you can take another 25 bucks and you can donate it to the Cheeseman case. So for $125, if we had, imagine if we had a million New Jersey gun owners do that. Oh, my God. I would take 1000 yeah, to do that. Right. Because yeah. this doesn't happen by accident mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen for free. And the press is apoplectic right now uh, because the Supreme Court is hearing this case. And the reason the Supreme Court is hearing this case, for you people in the free states, what little you have left of them, by the way, think about this. Everybody laughs about New Jersey and New York, but because our laws are so oppressive and because our legislators have taken our civil rights away from us, it backfired. And it's going to the Supreme Court now. Scott Bach has said that all the time, that because New Jersey has issued so little carry permits and made it so restrictive that when our case gets to the Supreme Court, they're going to get knocked down two flights of stairs. Right. And this is what happens in our states where people always tell us to move. You know, Virginia's done. They're trying to pass everything in Virginia where, you know, you uh, you can't have firearms training. You can't have this. You can't have that. And there's a majority in the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. And Governor Northam, when he's right. not wearing blackface, you know, he, he, he diverted the media from him wearing blackface to push for more gun control. Right. So he can't go back on it now. This and has become their whole platform. That's it. That's it. And then you have Bloomberg, who just said he's going to oh, run right, for yeah. president. Nanny right. Bloomberg. And uh, there's Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer. He's not. Tom Steyer's point zero 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 percent in the polls. He's not going anywhere. Bloomberg uh, is a formidable challenger to Trump because a he can outspend the entire Democratic field. He just dumped two hundred million dollars into. Uh, Social media. Ads. Yes. He will get the nomination. Already Kamala Harris and uh, uh, Booker, uh, the Closet K Crusader, are saying we need campaign finance reform because he's going to come in and buy the election. <laughs> sure, of course. They're scared yeah. shit. Right. But Bloomberg, you know, it's one thing to be a mayor of New York City. It's another thing to be the president of the United right. States. Now, Trump was definitely a Democrat was definitely a Democrat, and when he was elected, he was pushed to the right by Pelosi and Schumer and the media. Yeah. If they sat down, they could have gotten 100 things signed and oh, done of course. with him. All you have to do is stroke him, right? and you could have gotten anything. But when you right attacked them, yeah, yeah. they pushed him right, 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 right. Yeah. So Bloomberg is a detestful 
Oh, disgusting. Yeah. yeah, he's absolutely seventy-seven-year-old billionaire yeah. who is entitled. There's a video going around from Axiom News of him in 2008 saying how you have to raise the taxes on the poor so they will live longer by having taxes on soda and big gulps and smoking and drinking and this and that. You'll tax them, and they'll live longer, and they can get an education. And when he's saying the speech, he refers to those people. Those people need to be taxed more. Those people need to be. He is so out of touch. And I have another angle. I'm going to say it out loud. The Democratic Party, the majority, are anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah. And Bloomberg is Jewish. And yeah. he's New York City Jewish. Yeah. He's not Oklahoma Jewish, okay? Yeah. No, he's, and, he's a New York Jew. Yeah, which... and, and a New York Jew, they talk a certain way, right. they act a certain way, mm-hmm. they saunter a certain way, and he has that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and he's a totalitarian. I yes, mean, anybody he is who works not going to register. Right, with right. the middle of this country. The 63 million people that voted for Trump are not swinging to Michael Bloomberg. Right. Now, the good news for us is the more he spends on this campaign, the less he'll spend on gun control stuff. That's how I feel. I don't know, uh, because that beca- that became his thing. And, I, and I'm not sure what turned him that way. I, th- he, I The fact that he is a totalitarian uh, is probably a good reason for it. He just, he believes he is... He's got that uh, that mindset that he knows better than everybody else because he's brilliant and he knows better and I know what's better for you than you know what's better for you. He just he doesn't he loathes freedom. Correct. You know, I told you, I've said this before, on the island of the Bahamas, the only people allowed to carry guns are his security detail and the Bahamian police. Yeah, right. Uh, he made a statement that if you own a gun in your house, you're stupid. This is a man who's protected 24-7 by armed guards. Right. Again, the good for me, but not for thee. Well, he also looks at that as the, you know, the, those are the, his his serfs. His, yes. You know, his, his uh, manservants who are supposed to die for him, but uh, he wouldn't want to have to protect himself. So... It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because he is not going to be able to insult Trump the way Trump insults him. Right. Bloomberg is not like that. You know, Trump, everything is the gloves off. You know, little Adam Schiff, low energy, Joe Biden, this one. He's going to give Bloomberg nicknames and they're going to stick like glue. Yeah. You know, in the media, did you see the media reported Thanksgiving morning? Uh, Newsweek and a few other sources said uh, Trump is at Mar-a-Lago today tweeting and probably golfing like he does all the time, right? Meanwhile, unbeknownst to the press corps, Trump slipped out of Mar-a-Lago 4 o'clock in the morning, Thanksgiving, and took a 12-hour flight on Air Force One to Afghanistan and went and fed the troops. Oh, really? And a few of the uh, news uh, uh, agencies had to retract their statement. Talk about stupid reporting. And then the next thing was the press pool was pissed because they weren't alerted and they weren't invited. <laughs> okay, so they turned it around I just, again. I just love that. Yeah. So, but meanwhile, he went and fed the troops while they all were reporting that he was at Mar-a-Lago tweeting and golfing. So, uh-huh, he owned them. And he's good for owning them. Yeah, he is. He knows how to do that. Yeah. Um, is he the best of everything? No, but you know what? He was needed at this time, and he spoke to the average American. I still don't understand how a guy who grew up in Manhattan and was given millions by his father and turned it into billions and, you know, had all of this stuff going on, how he managed to connect 
with the forgotten man and woman in this country. We said it years ago, especially when Barack Obama was president. We said the next guy who's going to be president is going to have a great, giant gravy stain on his tie and come out and go, I don't give an F. And, and he's, you know, he's going to be the regular Joe, the regular guy. And that's kind of quintessential Trump. And career politicians, they don't know how to... They don't know how to... No. They still they, don't they, know. Oh, they would feign from that. But they still don't know how to address him. Yes. You know what I mean? They're still following the political playbook Always that politicians that have oh, honed over right, the past 150 right. years. Which is the swamp. Yes. You know, anybody who's against this guy... Now, look, you're talking to a guy who did not vote for Donald Trump. And and I'm I'm not a Trump fan, but as the more... The media attacks this guy. The more I love it because he just doesn't take it. He gives it back in a quintessential New York way. And they don't know how to handle it. And they don't know how to handle him. Nope. He's a, you know, he's, he's a loose cannon in their eyes. But he's doing what needs to be done. He's coming in and breaking everything that they've worked so hard to keep. And what they've worked so hard to keep is that power for themselves. Correct. So everybody was on the Ukraine bandwagon. Everybody was oh, sucking sure. that, that corrupt country oh dry. My God. The Currys, the Pelosi's, sure. the Bidens, and all of them. Absolutely. Ugh. And then they go whatever they point their finger to and say that he is is what they're doing. Correct. 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 So it'll be it's going to be an interesting year. To say the least. Yeah, I guess But my so, concern yeah. is uh, 165 judges have now been confirmed. Uh, three federal district courts have been flipped. Which Two more are ready best. to be flipped. Yeah. Uh, if Trump gets elected again, we are probably going to see the Ninth Circuit flip. They only have a one-judge majority who's a liberal right now. Wow. Okay. Uh, and the Supreme Court hangs in the balance, but uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in carbonite right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens there. <laughs> That's very true. Alright, we'll be back. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise, and although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day, she was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. 
Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick. But just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. And this episode is brought to you by the Cheeseman Case. GoFundMe.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. And Shooter's Gauntlet. My buddy Bob Ramo out in Monroe Town, PA. Shoot out the 1,500 yards. The helicopter is the almost helicopter ready is to almost rock ready. and roll. <laughs> so people have told me... Um, you know, people email me back, oh, I see you're going to Hawaii, I'll be there for Pearl Harbor Day, uh, December 7th, and uh, basically, I'm staying on the big island, The I'm staying on Oahu Beach, I'm staying for eight or nine days or something, I booked it, uh, and people are emailing me, oh, when you're there, you have to fly to Maui, you have to fly to here, shut up! <laughs> All right, seriously, I am flying into Honolulu. I have a rental car. I'm going to my resort in Oahu. I'm staying there. I'm going to visit volcanoes. I'm going to visit Pearl Harbor, the USS Arizona, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm chilling for the whole week. I'm not getting on puddle jumpers hop and repacking and going there. Some, maybe someday I'll see the other islands. But for now, do it on your own vacation. <laughs> Okay, you're turning my vacation into a non-vacation, and I don't like when my vacations become a non-vacation. It takes so very few of them, so. So now, Richard Wolf, Gun for Hire alumni forever, he wrote to me, Anthony, another great series of shows, caught the last three this afternoon. Lots going on, and good to hear your irreverent view of things. Thanks for mentioning the revolver class. I just signed up. We have a new class, Urban Revolver. Yeah, it's a it's one a of them's cool in class. December. I'm taking the class uh, Urban Revolver December seventh and January seventeenth. I'm taking the January seventeenth class. I'm trying to convince Sandy to take the January seventeenth class with me, and we'll tape the radio show that day. That should be fun. Okay, I'm serious. <laughs> if you want to take it, yeah, I'll take if it. anybody signs up for the class, there's two slots left for December seventh, and there's still six slots left for January seventeenth. Uh, that's counting me. There's six slots left, and if Sandy comes in, there's only five slots left. So book it now. Uh, well, that yeah, because uh, so it's the first time we're offering an urban revolver course. So then Richard also wrote, uh, "I am looking for the forward to the seventh at another class with Bob Prowse, as he has been great in my previous experiences. He loved the comments regarding the New York Port Authority terminal. I can picture the scene personally. I think it would make a great Christmas card. Me bringing the guy down with the tactical pen. <laughs> he goes, "Are you going to? You are going to love Hawaii." 
My wife and I went there on a honeymoon 34 years ago, God bless, and wound up flying during the United Airlines strike of 85. Oh, man. <laughs> we were supposed to fly direct from Newark to Maui 14 hours, but took the scenic route. Newark to Minneapolis, then to Los Angeles, <laughs> then San Francisco, followed by Honolulu, and then Miami in a six-seater. See, I'm not going in a six-seater plane. Okay? Pilot wound up driving us to the hotel as we arrived. All right. It took him over 28 hours from Newark to Hawaii. Okay. He goes, it was then that I realized that my wife and I were compatible and in it for the long haul. Okay. Uh, Richard Wolf, he's the man. Thank you so much. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward. I've never been to Hawaii and uh, I think it'll be a a good trip. I'm really looking forward to being there for Pearl Harbor Day. And yeah, I never have either. My, my, uh, uh, my wife's, uh, uh, sister owns a home in Maui and owns a, a condo in uh, Maui, I think. Wow. We've never been there. I've never had the time. Who the hell's got the time? To... So listen to this article, Sandy. Uh, this was published in the New York Post by this douche, John Crudelet, C-R-U-D-E-L-E. <laughs> I just call him douche, okay? He received randomly an email from Henry Repeating Arms. And the subject line was, nothing says Merry Christmas like an AR-7. It's a twenty-two, by the way. Uh, he goes, in case you don't know it, an AR-7 is a semi-automatic rifle that can be used to defend your family, go hunting, and in the wrong hands, kill a lot of people. When the a ad- 22? Oh, yeah, 22. Okay. He says that this email ruined his Christmas. Oh, come on. Okay. Grow and he says set. it's emails like this that make people continue to dislike how did, guns. How exactly did it ruin his Christmas? Because he's a snowflake. Oh, I see. So okay. he's, he's offended. Yes, or he was offended. Some, and guess what? Oh, so it's better F- to have your family murdered. That would be better than being offended, I guess. You guys, you guys want to talk about problems in New Jersey? How about this one? How about a gentleman who had some issues when he was younger and got it expunged? Okay, man not allowed to buy guns despite wiped clean criminal record. Oakland, New Jersey, not far from the range, okay? A Navy veteran seeking to become a legal gun owner was denied that opportunity because of a felony conviction 18 years ago and a misdemeanor when he was 18. Courts in New Jersey have repeatedly affirmed that the right to bear arms is not absolute and is subject to reasonable limitations. I love that Reasonable quote. limitations. Okay. The case stands out because it also addressed the expungement of criminal records. The point is of which is that they're not supposed to exist in the eyes of the law. But the Barrow man lost his appeal last week after judges pointed out that expunged records can be unsealed in limited circumstances. Wow. Yes, if you're getting top secret clearance or you're applying for a federal oh, job. Yeah. Okay. I know. Yeah. I signed an expungement yeah. record. I have an expungement. Evan Knappen told me if I appear before a judge, he says, have you ever been convicted, blah, 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 of a felony? No, Your Honor. That's what I say. No. Wow. That's what I was told, because expungement is exactly that. It's gone, all right? When but he they was, still keep a record of it. Correct. They keep the record, but they're not supposed to see it. Right. The man whose identity is not re- re- revealed in the appellate decision ran into trouble with his application to purchase farms this year because the police officer who handled his paperwork remembered that he unsuccessfully applied in 2016 before his record had been expunged. So, see, if he didn't apply before his record was expunged, the cop wouldn't have known there was right. an expungement, and they would have approved it. So this cop, oath breaker, right. waved a, a flag and said, oh, 
Right. He has a record. He had it expunged, all right? When he was 18, he stole a purse and wrote himself a check for $100, and he was busted for smoking marijuana. He pleaded guilty to a disorderly person's offense. When he was 24, after leaving the Navy as a corpsman, corpsman Corman, uh, platoon medic, he was arrested after leading police on a chase. Police had to refuse orders to drop a knife. He admitted being drunk, although he was just below the legal limit. He pleaded guilty. Okay. Since then, he worked at a paramed as a paramedic in Hackensack University Hospital, and stayed out of legal trouble. That's since 2001. Okay. A psychologist who assessed him wrote he poses no risk to the community and himself with a firearm. <clears throat> Barrow police, however, denied his permit based on his arrest record. He appealed, arguing the police and the judge should not have looked at his past and that the denial based on the law's provision addressing public health, safety, and welfare violated a Second Amendment right. The appellate decision cited past court appearances and explained that while the records of an expunged arrest may be said to be non-existent in the eyes of the law, the events and evidence still exist. That is bullshit. That's ridiculous. That is bullshit, okay? I know people, I know cops that got... Oh, murders, yeah. right? drunk driving, right. expunged, killed right. somebody drunk driving and got it expunged, right. and they carry a gun today. Right. State okay. troopers, New York and New Jersey. So there are other caveats, too. <clears throat> the law, which allows people with an expunged record to answer in the negative if asked about an arrest conviction, requires that they divulge their record when applying for a job with the court or a police department. That's it. Okay? And for top secret security clearance. The appellate division also explains that the courts have a wide latitude when it comes to firearms. Really? For example, judges and police departments investigating the fitness of a firearm applicant can consider the facts underlying an arrest even if the charges were dropped. Oh, my God. Okay? And in some domestic violence cases... Is this just New Jersey? This is the appellate division in New Jersey. Yes. Authorities are not required to return confiscated firearms even after the complaint is dismissed. So they can keep the they can they can commandeer the firearms. They don't have to return them. They can look into things that shouldn't be looked into. Yes, we have no rights. We have second class right. So. The judges also said that they were concerned that the man's psychologist minimized his behavior, saying that they found it extremely troubling and concerning. So judges are oh. psychologists, too. Oh, now. yeah. So, oh, so the guy is going to, the psychologist who did this is going to jeopardize his license and his career just for this guy to say he's fine. But New Jersey, again, that whole side, that whole Democrat stronghold that we have here, the the platform is anti-gun. They do not want you to have guns. And they don't want you to have guns because you cannot enact socialistic pro- uh, properties with, firearm, for the, with an armed populace. You can't do it. So listen to this. They were also concerned about the, his stated reason for wanting guns because he said he was being allowed to have firearms. He wrote this and why he wanted to get his permit. It would validate to himself that he'd become a better person. So he, they're using his own words against him because he felt he saw a psychologist. He got everything expunged. He's been working as an EMT in Hackensack Medical Hospital. Hasn't been in trouble in 18 years. So one of the reasons he put it would validate to himself that he'd become a better person. The judges were concerned. Concerned that that was a reason he wanted the guns. Well, if he wrote, "Well, I want to be a gang banging piece of shit," yeah, and I need a gun. Yeah, I need it. Maybe that would have been better. So the appellate division concludes that his past is clearly relevant because his decision to drink and drive, 
the cavalier nature with which he discussed being able to work while intoxicated, his apparent violent encounter with the police, and seemingly unwillingness to acknowledge his conduct during the 2001 arrest, all bears on his fitness to own a firearm. This is what we're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we're dealing with. His fitness to own a firearm. Yeah, his fitness to own a firearm. Okay. Uh, Now, take out firearm and um, replace it with the word Bible and see how ridiculous that sounds. But but again, this is what they're doing to us. They're chipping away, chipping away. Listen, red flag laws... Red flag laws are going to make it to the U.S. Supreme Court. We got that shitbag neo-Nazi Nazi hater that's going to, the guy who hates Jews down in <laughs> South Jersey, his case is moving along. Isn't he's that not sick? He's that not we, our plaintiff. That we're hanging on, but guess what? this piece of shit. Guess what, though? It's a perfect blend of First and Second Amendment rights. I guess you know, so. You know, the ACLU right. should come to his cause, right? Yeah. Because oh, the ACLU, you know that's not they happen. won't because there's a gun issue involved. Right. Right. But if he was just posting oh, anti-Jew. Shit, oh yeah, that the ACLU would come to his sure. defense. Yeah, but it's going to come because what happened there? Right, a federal judge said that he's he, he postponed the case because he f- sees flaws in the New Jersey red flag law. Right, but all you people out there that are gun people that listen to the show, well, I've been talking about how it's going to backfire. You ready for this one, Doctor Berardi? You ready for this one? Yeah. <clears throat> a New Jersey man simmering dispute with one of his former doctors has led to him being red flagged and his firearms confiscated and the seizure of several other firearms after the physician told authorities he felt threatened by some of the man's comments. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. Boy, this is weird. Okay. James Maggs, a Wall, New Jersey-based attorney for Dr. Matthew Kaufman and the Plastic Surgery Center of Shrewsbury, told Superior Court Judge Paul Escadon Thursday that he received an increasingly agitated phone call from Alfred Conti telling him he knew where he lived. It started out that the first few seconds a normal call then quickly became agitated. His overall demeanor, I felt, became threatening and alarmed. Conti, 56 of Middletown, has said Kaufman performed surgery on his neck, but he remained in pain. Eventually, he was dismissed from the practice because Mag said he became aggressive with the staff. Conti went online to write negative reviews about the doctor. Okay? Listen, I can see through this. He wrote negative reviews about the doctor, and the doctor red flags him, okay? Because they were on a phone call, and the doctor said he threatened them, but that's not recorded. The only thing we have in black and white is is the guy's still in pain, and the guy wrote negative reviews about the plastic surgeon's practice, okay? Mags might have been alarmed, but it sounds like there's no evidence that Conti is in danger to himself or others. Still, the judge hearing the case didn't issue a final ruling but instead scheduled another hearing for December. Unlike other states with red flag laws on the books, New Jersey's law doesn't automatically expire after a specific time period, (laughs) which means if the judge approves the order, Conti will be permanently banned from legally owning firearms. I'm going to talk more about this. This is the flashback that's going to come. They love this. Okay. They absolutely love this. We've talked about this. We're down the rabbit hole, Alice. That's right. Absolutely. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. 
When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms and those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids, and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids, and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. So we're back. So Conti will be permanently barred from legally owning his firearms until after the judge decides at a future point in time that the red flag order can be lifted. Cases like this demonstrate... Oh, my God. Yes. Cases like this demonstrate the dangers of red flag firearm seizure laws. Here's a man in a dispute with his doctor over what he believes was a botched surgery who has made no threats against anyone, but who still may lose his right to keep and bear arms along with his good health. It doesn't appear that Conti had any trouble with the law and even now hasn't char been charged with any crimes. He hasn't been charged with any crimes. No terroristic threats, no no, no assault, nothing, all right? This is George Orwell come yes. true. Yes, still one dumb comment about knowing where the doctor and his attorney live might cause him to lose his Second Amendment rights for the rest of his life. The case should serve as a reminder about how dangerous these red flag laws are to individual liberty and how ripe for abuse they are in, in a state that already views gun ownership as a privilege and not a right. It's, they're going to make it. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of casualties along the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are, because our red flag law is so backwards, 
we probably will be the first case to go before the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, okay? probably so. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is if we get a case to the Third Circuit, they have a conservative majority, they're going to side with us, New Jersey's going to appeal it. Right. So then we're going to have to appeal it to the Supreme Court. So again, for everybody listening, all we have left is the courts. It's the only thing Bloomberg hasn't bought yet. If he becomes president, he'll be able to stack the courts. Right. All right, because right. uh, oh, all the liberal and centrist judges will retire under bought. Bloomberg. I mean, that was that was bought under you know Soros under Clinton and uh, correct else. and correct. Bush. Well, let's not forget Clintons and Bushes are the best of friends. Uh, yeah, best of friends. So uh, these red flag laws are going to backfire. So all of you better be careful. You write a reg- negative review of a restaurant or a doctor That's or something, bizarre. or you call Th- up. Does it and say you anywhere complain. in the article whether he is a gun owner or no? Conti is a gun owner. All his gun, gun owner. Yeah, all his guns were seized. Were co- confiscated. Yeah. And yeah. now, according to New Jersey, they don't have to be given back. Correct. Oh, great. Correct. That's wonderful. So listen to this one. You might have heard Violation of, of property laws, too, on top of everything else. A couple was arrested after being found with a handgun, two stun guns, and pepper spray Monday in a movie theater in Burlington County. An alert employee called 911 after noticing ooh, ooh, a man. An alert employee. What did they have? What did they have? Stun guns and they, pepper well, spray? Wait, that's not the whole story. So somebody at the movie theater saw the guy had a gun in his waistband. The officers arrived and found that Denix Elisa, 23 of Camden, with a 40 caliber handgun, officials said. Police said they searched the couple's vehicle and found two stun guns and pepper spray. Oh. Oh. See, but the article was written. Yeah, couple arrested really, with right. stun guns, handguns, stun guns, and pepper spray at a New Jersey movie theater. Okay, so the, the article is always written with a slant. Now, the woman that was with them was charged with possession of stun guns and pepper spray. She must have said they were hers. She was issued a summons and released because a lot of people said aren't stun guns legal? Yes, but remember, anything like that possession during an act of commission of a crime, right. they stack the charges on you. Yeah. Now, I th- it doesn't say anything here. If the gun was legal, if he had a carry permit, you know, the articles are always written for the low-information voter and to appeal to the anti-gun uh, right. psyche, right? right? Because always. if you, in New Jersey, in that in that mindset, and in the mindset, unfortunately, of most of the New Jersey, it, Republicans and Democrats, conservatives, liberals, because even the conservatives in New Jersey are very, very liberal. So... In the mindset, the possession of a gun means you're a bad person. Correct. Correct. Even though something... we've gone through right shitload of background checks right. and everything. They just equate it with being a bad person, which really ticks you off at times. So Harpo Cuomo, the governor of New York, on Monday, it was told that he has a $6 billion shortfall in his budget. <laughs> $6 billion shortfall. So he comes out. And does a press conference, and he says, A, we're working on the budget shortfall. We're looking to see where we can make cuts. He spent <laughs> cuts. two minutes cuts. talking about that. Right. And then he spent 24 minutes gun announcing a new national gun control platform push. There you go. Okay, talk about Again, deflecting. They hide behind it because they really do believe that the negative media against guns and gun owners is working. And... Honestly, from where I sit, I see it. I see it working. I see it working with the average Joe because we're surrounded in a bubble by people who love guns. Correct. Or, or who at least tolerate guns. So he, his, the, the slogan for his campaign, make America safer. Oh. Where did he get that from? Okay. 
Where did he get that? That he was out there touting how effective the safe law was and all the other gun control initiatives that he signed into law. So again, he six billion dollars yes, short. Again, he deflected yeah. from right. the gun st- from the budget right. and right to guns. Right, I'm guns a good guy. bad. I'm a six good billion guy. dollar shortfall is not fine. a problem. And what does he tell people like Donald Trump? You're leaving New York. Good, bye. Oh, and take your seven hundred million dollar year taxes that you paid to the city. We don't need it. <laughs> yeah. So now it's seven billion yeah. dollars shortfall. We don't need it. We don't want you in New York anyway. Right. Go to Florida. Right. Okay. So for you gun people out there, how about this? Year to date, up until November, eleven months, the city of Chicago, ten thousand guns were taken off the streets in in Chicago up to. Now, in 2019, all illegal guns. And guess who they blame? The surrounding states. Correct. For their liberal gun laws. Okay. In 2018, they recovered 9,800 guns. Okay. Now, in the whole year. They've surpassed that already, and we still got a month to go. Okay. And what did Johnson, the police <clears throat> supervisor, uh, the superintendent of police, Johnson used the announcement to criticize current gun laws. <laughs> Of course, of course. Not the fact that you can't even walk down the street in Chicago without the ga- the gangbangers own Chicago. They four hundred and fourteen people have been killed in Chicago this year. Over ten thousand have been shot or wounded. I mean, it's a battle zone, and we need more gun control. We need more gun control. Yeah. control we need gun. more gun control, yeah. and that's again, it's this all this classic deflection right. and blaming something else okay that's what it boils down and it's to it's gang related shootings 99% of that is gang related shootings remember i talked about uh when i on the plane everything is you know with people they couldn't put the mm-hmm. shit in overhead they all had to back out yeah. marty the vegan pilot uh said that the airlines have it ass backwards they should check bags for free and charge for carry-ons right you know what marty I never thought about yeah, that, absolutely. but that is phenomenal. Yeah. If you want to carry your bag on because you want to get off the plane, charge twenty five bucks. Right. If you want to check your bags, they're free. I, you know what? I, that never dawned on me. Right. That you'd get the plane boarded in seven minutes. Oh, absolutely. And and take off because the cheap bastards are not going to carry their bags on. Right. And people that are going to want to pay for that. Uh, Privilege. Privilege. Yeah. I couldn't think of that. We're never doing nothing day. I'm a little slow. Oh, by the way, when I delivered all the food in the city, yes. I had uh, two tactical pens on me. Did you? I didn't carry any edged uh, knives mm. or anything. Just, you know, New York is weird. Yeah, and I don't weird. need Doug Ritter, Dave no. Jensen, He's and Dan Schmutter. Yeah. This Thanksgiving you know, cost you 100 grand. Thanksgiving day. <laughs> They put me in the tombs in New York and yeah. lock up, and I probably wouldn't get out until Monday, right, right. you know, for carrying a, a little shred pen knife or something Instead of like being that. on the Hawaiian Islands, you'd be on Rikers Island. Yes. The police presence was tremendous, and nobody really bothered me. Plus, I have that look when I walk. That's uh, true. You know, like, you know. And a gun-for-hire shirt. <laughs> so I, I, I drank a coffee after one of my deliveries, and guess what? I had to carry the coffee for 32 miles because the night before shit like the parades, because of cultural enrichment, all the garbage, the garbage cans, cans are, are taken gone. away. Yeah, right. exactly. So it can't be like Boston where you can hide a bomb in them or next to them or something. Yeah. I'm walking around. And you're not like everybody else. You're just going to throw it in the street? No, I can't oh. do that. Yeah, so I'm okay. walking around. I'm like, damn, I can't find a garbage can. 
And then it dawned on me. Yep. So that one of the cops who was standing next to one of the salt spreaders that was blocking the street, <laughs> I went up to him. I said, I said, the garbage cans were removed for, he goes, yeah, that's right. He goes, oh, I shoot at your range, blah, 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 blah. The other day I went to Whole Foods to pick up a food order, and the line was 52 bajillion people long. Yeah. So I, I go up to the counter. I said to the woman, what do I have to do? She said, you have to go into that line to get a number. And then after you get your number, you got to go in that line, and then they procure your food order, and then you wait in the store until they call your number over the PA system, and you can go pick it up. So I'm talking to this woman. Her name was Michelle. She's very nice. And this cute African-American girl walks over. She goes, I shoot at your range. I have a good time there. I said, really? Thank you very much. Blah, 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 blah. We started talking. So I took out two $25 passes. I gave one to each girl. <laughs> My food came up like three minutes later. <laughs> I have pictures. I have pictures. I have pictures. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, yes, it's good to pay it forward and be that guy. Let me tell you something. And it only costs you 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're going to come and spend more money here anyway. I don't care. I'm so excited for our three-show marathon. I'm so excited that Dan Schmutter and Scott Bach are going to come and do show number one and talk yeah. about the Supreme Court case and all the other carry cases and what is their Bach feelings are. Is Bach going down to Washington, no, too? No, it's, it's hard Dan. to get seats. Yeah, it is. Dan got a seat because he wrote an, uh, an amicus brief okay. for New York State Rifle and Pistol. So he, he got one. So he's going to be able to... What's nice about it is Dan is going to tell us the the way the justices' facial expressions were, right. and the way you know with the the line of questioning. Sure. So he's right. going to give us some good innuendos and good you know good subtleties that we're going to miss when we just read the press release. And that's uh, after his the bailiwick too. Yeah, uh, yeah Dan is I mean, that's that's where he, Dan is. Yeah. Boy, when Dan worked for me for my criminal stuff, holy shit! I told you, prosecutor would write a two page motion with a brief. Dan would write a sixty seven. <laughs> <laughs> After like four times of that, they were, they were the prosecutor's office was closed for Easter break for a few days. Dan hit them like a seventy-five page thing. They had to respond by the next day. They were like, um, "We're willing to do a plea deal." <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, my all my retirement tree. fund <laughs> yeah, exactly. paid for that. By right. the way, exactly. Um, so. And then the next one is Mark Cheeseman and Jay Factor are going to come on, and they're going to talk about the Cheeseman case and how they managed to bootstrap their own concealed yeah. carry case when nobody yeah. said it could be done. Right. No NRA right. support other than some GoFundMe donations by me, Bach, uh, Walter Haas, and, a, and then a 10,000 other smaller donors. Yeah, but no they organized. It. Uh, well, because, because you know how right. egos work. Right. It's not our 2A case. Mm -hmm. right. You're not the right plaintiff. It's not in the right county. It's not right. the right time. It's right. not, okay, that's fine. It's your red wagon, so go do your own thing, and we'll do our own. The good thing is, since I kind of helped put everybody together, their case never got attacked. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Right. Uh, it was supported right. as best as possible yep. or best that they could. But so they bootstrapped this case to the U.S. Supreme Court. People have to understand the importance That's of a, that. That's a major thing. Okay. Mark yeah. Cheeseman, That's John Gillard, Jay Factor, David right. Jensen, a right. couple other people took a case and are bringing it to the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. So there's coming up, three shows coming up. So don't forget, Urban Revolver, December 7th and January 17th. The Saw Group is meeting here December 9th. Check out the Second Amendment women. Holster Draw, January 4th. Urban Pistol 1, January 11th. We have Carbine, Shotgun, Pistol, Rifle, Low Light, No Light, January 10th. And the Atenzia Calipen and Knife Class is January 26th at 9 a.m. Sandy, mark your date January 17th. You're going to be taking the class with me. 
Sandy? Yes? Sandy? Yes? You're going to be taking Urban Revolver with you. I will. Okay? The two of us. And we can critique the class. We'll do a show. After the show, we'll have Bobby on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll, we'll talk about him and critique it. Uh, It's a Friday, the 17th of January. Oh, it's from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. Yeah, you're going to come up. You're going to do the show. You can bring Di. She could buy us dinner. She can. Yes. It's true. Listen to every everybody, everybody, everybody. So we're going to do three shows that are going to be released over three weeks, just so you know. So they're not going to be current events, news, yeah, or anything, anything that's going yeah, on. Just so you know, the next the three shows after right. this. But it's you think it's easy? I had to get Mark and Jay. They have to drive up right. two and a half hours to yeah. be here. Dan had to shuffle a few things around because Monday is going to be at the Supreme Court, and then he's going to come back, and we're going to tape the show next week. So it's it's not easy. It's like herding cats because everybody's out there right. fighting for. Our rights, but I hope you all had a safe and happy uh, Thanksgiving. There's a lot to be thankful for still in this country. So, uh, with that, I'm going to say, have a nice day. Have a nice day. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a counterthink media production. The music is in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Uh, come to the uh, Urban, Urban Revolver. Revolver. January 17th, 6 to 10 p.m. on a Friday yeah, night. But you better do it quick because I'm going now. I'm shooting blindfolded. <laughs>